SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. They gave Phoenix a shot. Listen, the kid hits a jumper at the buzzer, and the Suns are in. And I think in a lot of ways, the Suns at 8-0 would have been a little bit better story with Devin Booker than Damian Lillard in Portland. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Monday, August 17th. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Toll free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well right here on a Monday bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Well, let the real games begin. Can we end it now? Can't beat the boys in Vegas even when you think you do. Son of a gun. I told you so. They are not beating the Lakers. What's missing? Westbrook is. Yeah, I thought I'd have a happy marriage, but uh, who writes this junk? Better sooner than later. Plan to get dirty of your jumping in the swamp. Uh, if you uh, don't hear something you like, then uh, believe it or not, uh, we're going to tell you it. Believe it with soccer. And uh, you got to love Mark Race. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, tweets right here of Bagels and Bad Beats from Monday, August 17th. Yes, a long, <clears throat> long, and I mean long weekend for yours truly. <laughs> we'll get to some of that stuff. I can't believe my daughter's dopey school is doing something that that is just mind boggling. You know, we had to drop her off this past, well, we had to drop the stuff off this past weekend, and then she goes back up there on Tuesday, and I found out some very, very, very disturbing news that uh, I wasn't going to go off on the poor girls who were helping all the other girls move in, but I am going to go off on a couple of administrators on Tuesday when we go back up there. We get into that NBA postseason. We got the Blues last night beating Vancouver 3-2 in overtime, so they cut that series lead to 2-1. lot to get to phone calls, emails, tweets right here on Monday. Bagels and Bad Beats with your truly Scott Ruff. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. And JT Miller with a soft dump in. Gunnarsson was run off the puck there. And then Hughes, a pass back, stolen. And here's Shen. He's in the clear. He scores! Shen! Some midnight magic from Shen! And the Blues 
are back in the series. Blues Radio Network here on Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday, August 17th, 12 minutes past the hour. Scott Wetzel sitting in, as we always do, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Yep, St. Louis, that was the late, late, late game of the night as they do win 3-2 in overtime. So they cut Vancouver series lead to two, uh, two games to one, and they play later on uh, this evening. So quick turnaround. Everyone does that at least once in the postseason, and it's their turn. This opportunity must, must obviously win something they were able to do, unlike with the Washington Capitals. Uh, which lost yesterday afternoon to the Islanders 3 nothing. Think about this. This is my favorite stat, which is why I'm going to just start with a little bit of hockey before we get into the NBA and some family stories here. But think about what the Islanders have an opportunity to accomplish. Uh, it's a quirky little thing, but you know what? If for our generation, you know, you can make the case that if you want to throw out Sidney Crosby, or uh, excuse me, uh, Mario Lemieux, you know, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin have been, whether they're the best players uh, or not, they're two of the most prominent players in the last 20 years, right? I mean, you've had a couple of guys, but it's been basically Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin when uh, they debate, you know, greatest players of all time 10, 15, 20 years from now. You know, guys in their 30s, 40s, and 50s will say that those two are, are certainly part of the equation. So when's the last time two superstar players on different teams, obviously, have gotten swept? in the first round by, uh, you know, a pretty much nondescript New York Islanders team. And that could be the case. Remember, Islanders swept Crosby in Pittsburgh last year, and they're in the process of sweeping Ovechkin and the Capitals this year. I mean, you're talking about two teams in Washington and Pittsburgh that had won, you know, Stanley Cups within, you know, recent years, especially the Capitals. I mean, that, that is really, when you think about that, it's like, wow, you know, and who do the Islanders have on your team, you know, that you'd rather have besides Crosby or Ovechkin, you know, nobody. So uh, you could have no clearer an example of how hockey is not a one-man sport. It is not. But what the Islanders did yesterday, winning in overtime, taking that 3 nothing series lead, and again, sweeping Crosby last year, and now maybe sweeping Ovechkin this year. I think that's pretty funny. You know, who would be next? You have to come up with, uh, you know, uh, Connor McDavid. You know, I don't want to put him on that kind of level. But, you know, give me a team next year. Maybe the Bruins in the first round if they should go on to win. And, boy, you talk about hockey. I get, Wow, there, there are so many storylines between, you know, Tuka Rask will get into, you know, stepping away out of the blue with a Montreal's head coach hitting a hard operation, albeit minor one, but still it's a hard operation. I mean, five overtime games. In that uh, Tampa Bay uh, Columbus series early on, I mean, they're, we're not even through the first round, and there have been so many crazy stories in the NHL. The NBA should be crossing their fingers that they should be getting such, you know, uh, lime, uh, uh, limelight, and, and and attention. And for the most part, you know, I, I mean, you know, a guy stepping away is not necessarily positive or negative news, but it's not been negative, negative news. Whereas the NBA, I mean, you're already looking at, you know, you lost your number one face in Zion Williamson. You lost your number two face in John Morant. Um, you you lost another big name in the Utah Jazz because, for whatever reason, Mike Conley decides out of the blue that his wife is pregnant, is going to give birth. He didn't realize that, I guess, a couple of days ago. So he leaves, leaving the, the Jazz shorthanded against Denver. Um, it, it's you know you hope to get Corsbass Porzingis back for the Dallas Mavs. I think he will, which I'll talk about here in a second. Um, Lakers don't know if they're coming or going. Rondo's apparently going to clear quarantine today. Doesn't mean that he's going to be necessarily be playing in the first round, but at least that is one more piece to the equation of the Lakers winning an NBA championship that they can count on somewhere down the line. But there's been a lot of just, you know, non-stories. You know, the East was was as 
uncompetitive as you thought with the Wizards being atrocious. You know, no one's playing for sure. You got the, the best player on the earth outside of LeBron, um, you know, in the Greek freak who's really not Greek getting suspended because he wants to headbutt somebody. I mean, really, outside of Damian Lillard going off, and listen, everyone with a half a brain is just saying, you know, it's the NBA and no one's playing any defense. So if you're taking Damian Lillard's number seriously, not that he's not capable of scoring back-to-back 40s and even three in a row like he did, but Come on. You know, Joe Schmoe's off the bench. Uh, you know, that, that, that Kevin Walsh, who, who lives and breathes WM, or NBA, rather, has never heard of, uh, are scoring 30, 40 points. So it's, it's really not that big a deal. But outside of that, what, what other storyline has the NBA been able to grasp hold of and say, OK, we're going to run with this? I mean, really, it's been Damian Lewis. That's it. The NHL has got 50 zillion great stories, upsets going on. You know, favorites winning. Some guys opting out out of the blue. That's going to change the spectrum in the, in the Eastern Conference, especially with Rask. Um, you know, the NBA is trying to sell you on Doc Rivers, you know, facing his son-in-law, Seth Curry. Big deal. You know, they got uh, maybe no Porzingis. You got no Ben Simmons for Philadelphia. Uh, maybe no Rondo for the Lakers, at least for a series. Um, you know, it, it's just no um, Utah Jazz Mike Conley. It, it's just been one bad news story after another for the NBA. But that all said, it does get underway today. Uh, 1.30, a little weird. You know, I, I don't know why they do these things. You know, to me, it seems pretty simple on the surface. But 1.30 today is the start of the NBA postseason. All right, uh, who's playing, Scott? Well, that's where we're going to begin with the NBA because the NBA is we're talking about screwing up. You got a couple of series in the East Coast. You got Toronto and Brooklyn. All right, that's, uh, you know, two East Coast teams. Obviously, you could start them at 1.30, right? No. You got Boston and Philadelphia. Two East Coast teams, you could start them at 1.30 in the afternoon, right? No. Uh, you have Dallas and the Clippers. You certainly don't want to bury the Clippers at 1.30 in the afternoon. So they didn't do that, did they, Scott? No, no. So what are you left with? Well, uh, you could have started Miami, Indiana, um, you know, but eventually you got to play all these teams. So we'll throw out what they could have done as far as that's concerned. They're playing Denver, Utah at 1.30. So what? Well, think about that. That's... You know, 10.30, 11.30, Denver, Utah time. Why would they not start Toronto, Brooklyn? It's not like 4 o'clock, I would think, in the afternoon is any better or worse than 1.30. You're being buried. It is what it is. They only have a couple of facilities. They got to play these games. They don't want to double up games. They want to have each game be played separately. God forbid, you know, four-letter networks paying a lot of money, so they have to have wall-to-wall broadcasting. Fine, no big deal. But... Why would they have Denver, Utah at 1.30? Why would they put Toronto, Brooklyn at 1.30? That's a dead series. Nobody here in Brooklyn, New York, thinks the Nets are going to win. Um, no one thinks Toronto's any good, you know, despite being defending champs. You know, they don't get any respect. So that wouldn't be exactly a great series. Philadelphia, Boston, I understand. You don't want to bury that. But so since Denver and Utah are the West Coast teams, in essence, and Toronto and Brooklyn are the East Coast teams, wouldn't you allow those Denver and Utah fans to kind of get themselves started this Monday morning before you threw an NBA game at them at 1030 in the morning? I, I, you know, there's no fans in the stands. You don't have to worry about selling tickets, obviously. So I, I, I don't, uh, you know, both the games are in Orlando. It's not like the NHL where one's a little west, one's a little east in Toronto and, and uh, Edmonton. So I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I don't get that. I, I don't know why they would do that. No big deal. But the big story is, you know, Mike Conley, come on, man. You know, listen, I know this is tough. And I, and I remember my first child being born. And, and you know, there, there wouldn't have been anything that would have kept me away. But, you know, I don't make, uh, you know, $15, 20000000 million a year. 
I'm not going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, I wasn't traded for. I got the job. And, um, you know, lo and behold, my you know playoff line wasn't on the line. You know, and really, you know, the, the offense goes through him. He, he's an integral part of that Utah Jazz offense, you know, and, and they're playing a great game, a great team in Denver. It's not like they're playing, you know, a number uh, seven or eight seed. Uh, they're playing, a, you know, number three seed. They're, they're the six seed. They could easily lose that. So it's not like they, you could poo-poo this thing and pretend, well, we'll get through it, you know, without you. I mean, I don't know. You know, there's somewhere along the line, there's, there's a responsibility. You know, if if you're home, if there was no quarantine, if there was no virus and everything else, would he be doing this? You know, maybe because it was a day. But, you know, you got to realize that this is not a one-day thing. Your wife may or may not give birth right away. Uh, when she does, you still got to come back and go through quarantine. You got to go through four days of, pos- of non-positive tests. And then you also have to then go through a separate quarantine as well, like Rondo did. I mean, you're talking about missing the first round of the series. You, you really are. And chances are that that might be it for Utah. So that's, yeah, somewhere along the line, responsibility has to come in. I know it's not politically correct and you think it's great, family, and that's all good. But listen, this is 2020. FaceTime it, you know, do it, record it. Um, hop over there later. It, it just, it is what it is. You should have better planning. That's all. You screwed up. So your commitment to the team should be a little more than what they are. Really, big was a bad thing. SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, twenty-four-seven, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Round matchup against one of your oldest friends, LeBron James, against the Lakers. We don't usually see upsets in eight yeah. versus one, but is this a situation where we're in the bubble? Nothing's usual. Well, I mean, first of all, nothing is usual. Um, but we don't consider ourselves an AFC. Like our mindset is not an AFC mindset. We we consider ourselves a very good basketball team, uh, coming together at the right time, at the you know at the right part of the season, and it's unusual out here in this bubble. Our mindset is. That's the spot we want, and that's the spot we're going for. So what you're doing on the basketball court is making a lot. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning, exactly 26 minutes past the hour. You're truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, 844-843-6879. We'll get to the phones here in a sec. First up, uh, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, talking with reporters on facing uh, his uh, good buddy LeBron James as Portland uh, with uh, Carmelo and obviously LeBron with the Lakers beating the first round. Their first game is tomorrow night. In fact, that's the last game on the board out of the eight series. Naturally, they're going to put the Lakers in the in the uh, prime time. So that's tomorrow night, which is interesting because you know if you're Carmelo, he's been begging to get back in the league for a couple of years now, and obviously nobody, but nobody, whether you like him or not, you have to admit, no one has more say in the league and what goes on than Carmelo Anthony, than, uh, excuse me, than LeBron James. So the fact that Carmelo could not get on the Lakers, even though it's LeBron's Lakers, you talk about an extra incentive, you know, incentive enough, you're in the postseason, you're back in the league, you're doing fairly well. Uh, you get into the playoffs, you, you got a semi-hot team here, you're facing your good buddy, but then you throw in the caveat that you're facing your good buddy that basically turned his back on you and could not get you a job when you know full well that if he, if, if LeBron walked up to that Laker front office and said, listen, 
I'm the face of the franchise. All right. You got rid of Luke Walton. It's not him anymore. It's it's me. Put my guy on the team. I don't care if he sits at the end of the bench. I don't care if he takes up minutes. I don't care if he just, you know, talks to me because he's my buddy. I want him on the team. He's not in the league. He's not asking for a lot. Put him on the freaking team. Otherwise, I walk in a year. I'll opt out. Um, he could have done that. He really could have. So if, if I'm Carmelo and I have any pride whatsoever, if I have any backbone whatsoever, of course, if I had, I wouldn't allow my wife to be naked on TV, but that's another story. But if I had any sports pride whatsoever in the arms of another man, chest out, you know, although, by the way, trying to, oh, by the way, set an example for my 13-year-old son, but, you know, I digress. Uh, if I had any pride whatsoever, I would be so motivated for this year. I mean, just so motivated. Now, that said, any talk about LeBron losing to Carmelo and Lillard and this Jailblazers team, it's not happening. You know, it is just not. The only thing it is doing, and you know what? I hope everyone right now is thinking, no, Scott, no. You know what? Lillard's got a shot. Carmelo's got a shot. All those things you're saying are so true. I know it's a possibility. You know, LeBron and the Lakers haven't played well. Obviously, the uh, the Jailblazers are. If I, I will give them credit. You know, when we ran down, if you remember at the beginning of this uh, this uh, resumption season, however you want to do it, um, they played six teams that were in the postseason. Portland, this they didn't get a New Orleans Pelican schedule, right? They you know they didn't get a Sacramento Queens schedule. They got a tough schedule, so they went six and two playing playoff teams. Unlike again, the Pelicans who had only two teams in the postseason on their, their schedule. So they didn't back in, point being. So I'll give them all the credit in the world, but they are not, okay? They are not beating the L.A. Lakers. It's just not happening. But the only thing it is doing is, and FanDuel's down right now, I guess they do a little overnight uh, upgrading here. But uh, when I checked it uh, yesterday, they were only 5-1 to one favorites, which is a lot. Listen, who wants to lay 5-1? to one? I get that. But for an 8-1 matchup, and it's LeBron, I'll lay the five to one. I will. I'm putting the Wetzel Black Cloud on the Lakers. I can't have LeBron. I can't have LeBron win this championship. I just can't because when everything is said and done, when he yaps about how he's won four championships or whatever ends up being, we're not going to put an asterisk next to this when it's going to be all right. This was one of his four, one of his five. So because of that, yeah, I'm going all in. I'm going to start right from the series on, uh, and I'll start with this one. I think get five to one odds. It's crazy. I know monster, but think about it. You know, could Portland win a game? Yeah. You know, could they win maybe even two games? You know, Lillard goes off for 51 game or a couple of games? Yeah. Okay. You know, maybe Carmelo goes off for a game. Yeah. But they are not going. If you can get odds on finding a way to, to lay a, a game and a half, they, they actually have that now where I, I think the best bet on the board would be lower the odds from five to one. If that's too rich for you, get it down. I'm guessing it would be about two and a half or so to one. You lay the, the the one and a half games, meaning the Lakers would have to win this series in six games or less because this series is not – they're not losing. It's not going seven. Maybe, like I said, Portland gets a game, maybe even two, maybe. But it's not going seven games. So lay the less wood if you want with the Lakers. Uh, Rondo's are going to clear quarantine today. I can't help but think if the series went a little bit longer, give him a week or so of, of practice. He'll be able to play if need be. But it, it's a nice storyline. They're selling it because Lillard's so hot, but they are not. You mark it down. There is no freaking way the Lakers are losing in the first round. I hope I'm wrong, and I don't say that very often, but it's not happening. It is just not happening. So, and the other series that I do think we have an upset possibility in is Dallas and the Clippers. I think if Porzingis comes back, and he's expected to, hasn't played in a long time, 
uh, obviously all eight uh, resumption games. But you put Porzingis in that lineup. I think the Clippers are a little wounded, you know, with the Montrez, Harrell, and Lou Williams all missing playing time. It's not like the Clippers are completely healthy. I think the Mavs have a realistic shot of knocking off L.A. I, I think we've been waiting for this Clipper team to emerge. I hate the way uh, Doc Rivers handled his lineups this year, you know, benching guys and, and not having the two main cogs, George and um, uh, Kawhi Leonard, play very much together. And, and all those guys, I, I bet you could probably, out of the, you know, 75 or so games that they played, I bet they didn't have, I like to see what the actual stat is, but I bet they didn't have their A number one starting lineup more than 20, 25 times. And I don't believe in just being able to turn it on and turn it off. I I, I really don't. So uh, that's an interesting one. 76ers with no Ben Simmons. So that that's going to hurt their cause. I still think, though, that that's, it'll be interesting. You know, in a lot of ways, if you're a Sixer fan, you, you can't lose. You, you really can't. Be, why? Well, because obviously if you win, you, you beat Boston, you win. Okay, great. You're happy. You move on. One less big obstacle. You really have three obstacles, right? You know, you, I'm not counting Miami. You got Toronto. You got Milwaukee. And to me, you got the Celtics. Those are the three big. So if the, if the 76ers, uh, from a Sixer standpoint, you could throw Philadelphia in there if you want as well. But if you eliminate one of those big three, you, you're, you're halfway home. You really are a third of the way home. So you win, you, you win. That's obvious. But if you lose, how are we winning there, Scott? Well, because you don't have Ben Simmons. And this guy has been under so much scrutiny, not unfairly so, because if he can't hit a jumper, you shouldn't be a guard in the NBA in 2020. You just shouldn't, especially at 6'9", 6'10". So he wants to be a point guard. There's a lot of debate on whether he is. Doesn't shoot threes at all. They've had no success, you know, when it really comes to clutch time, you know, last year, postseason and everything else. Some, but not, you know, not to the point where they thought uh, Embiid and Simmons was going to take them to the promised land. And no one's talking about them winning an NBA championship. So if you lose without Simmons playing, maybe that would make 76er fans appreciate him a little bit more. In fact, you could make the case if you're going to lose, hell, you might as well get swept by the Celtics, right? I mean, if you're thinking long haul with this Philadelphia team, and you believe in Simmons, and I do, I, I, I do. I think you could teach the kid to jump and, and shoot a jumper uh, and have a game where they can at least respect you. I think it's better for them to get knocked out in the first round, maybe not swept, but maybe five games, and, and, and tell every single 76er fan, see, you, you, you want me to run this guy out of town. You want me to trade him. You don't want to have patience with him. He's still a young kid. He's only been in the league a couple of years. You know, he played at an LSU college basketball team that stunk, didn't even make the NCAA tournament, what every team does these days. So he's had so little success on the basketball court that, you know what, them losing without him actually playing, I think would be a bigger step for the Sixer franchise than them winning without him on the basketball court and presumably getting knocked out in the second round or even third round, even in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, you know, The big picture is Philadelphia is not winning an NBA championship without him playing, and the big picture is making him, in my mind, part of your franchise, solidify him as, yep, see, we told you so. We tried without him. We stunk. We got knocked out by a pretty good Celtic team, but we were not competitive. We didn't even win two games. We only won one or maybe got swept, and this should show Sixer fans and maybe management, don't blame it on just the fans, maybe management as well, that yes, he absolutely, Ben Simmons, is part of our franchise because look what we have without him. So you can make the case. They really can't lose. You either win the series and you advance, you're happy, or you lose the series 
And you should maybe realize that Ben Simmons should be part of this team. The only worst case would be them losing like a seven-game series and coming out of that saying, wow, you know what? We took the heavily favored Celtics to seven without our theoretically second-best guy. You know, maybe we tinker things a little bit and uh, maybe we don't necessarily need that second-best guy. That would be the, 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 the other part of the equation. But I, I, don't, I think the Sixers are sitting in the hot bird seat. I really do. I, I think they're in a position where they can't lose. Uh, and, and to me, ultimately... I think they're better off losing this series in four or five than they would be winning it. So, but that brings some intrigue. And you got Al Horford playing for the 76ers, who obviously played for the Celtics for a few years. So it gives them a little bit of insight. I am surprised. Celtics are a big favorite. They're almost as big a favorite over the 76ers, believe it or not, as the Lakers are over Portland. And if you ask me which team do I think has a much better chance of pulling off the upset, Portland or the 76ers, I would tell you absolutely the Sixers, even without Simmons. Absolutely. There's a rivalry there. Uh, the Celtics haven't really ever gelled, and they've never lived up to their reputation. They've failed every single year. I'm not a Brad Stevens fan. The LL's loyal listeners know that. I think this team is overrated for whatever reason. They don't play to their potential. And I can, Simmons or no Simmons, I can easily see the 76ers win this series. I, I think those odds are way, way, way out of line. My right, phone calls coming up, triple eight, or excuse me, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Carrying the load, playing a ton of minutes, um, and so you know he's had a snake for a team, um, and you got to do the best to contain him and take away some of his tendencies. Um, but they also have other jobs to make plays as well, so they're a tough opponent. Um, but everybody knows what, what level he's on in his mindset, and he has to go out there and win. The toll-free telephone number. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday morning, 41 minutes past the hour. Here's Julie Scott Wetzel taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, Anthony Davis of the uh, NBALA Lakers, who are doing something weird. Little stories like this. I don't don't know why. Maybe it's it's just a creature of habit um, or uh, whatever the case may be. But they're honoring Kobe Bryant by wearing a special jersey that he actually co-designed, you know, obviously when he was still alive before he died tragically in the helicopter crash um, back in January. So what's the problem, Scott? Well, they're going to wear his jersey. So, well, one, it's NBA, not supposed to really be able to do things like that, but that's, I have no issue because if you remember the LL's loyal listeners, uh, we took Adam Silver to task a lot and still am. I, I still don't get how he was so invisible 
when Colby died. Never held a press conference to this day talking about it. It really is one of the great mysteries on why he wouldn't, you know, face of the NBA for so many years, not not be out front on this thing. So, but no, here's the weird thing. Here's the quirky little thing. What are you, you're anxious to see what it looks like, right? Yeah, well, me too. It's supposed to have his eight on the front and then his other uniform, number 24 in the back, kind of cool. Uh, it was part of a, a lore series, L-O-R-E series, that uh, he uh, designed in 2017. Features a uh, snakeskin print on the outside. Not sure what exactly that means. 16 stars on the side panels representing the 16 NBA Laker championships. That's kind of pretty cool. Yeah, Mamba. Oh, yeah, duh. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Um, no, I, I meant I, I kind of knew Mamba. I knew, but, you know, uh, I was thinking maybe one of his numbers or, but yeah, it's probably just a snake, right? Okay. The snake skin, skin of the snake. So, um, so what's the problem? I get to the point. I got to get to work here. Uh, they're not wearing it tomorrow night. Well, what do you mean they're not wearing it tomorrow night? I thought they just got through saying they're going to have this special jersey for Kobe. Yeah. So what, are they going to wear it in game two for some dopey reason? They're not going to have it for game one, nationally televised game? You know, it's it's the four-letter network, or it's TNT, the three-letter network. It's Barkley. You know, it's Kenny Smith. It's, it's you know, Shaq, probably. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be an emotional thing, start of the postseason. What are they waiting for game two for? No, 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 no. I didn't say game two. They're not wearing it in game one, and they're not wearing it in game two. They're not wearing it in game three, and they're not even going to wear it in game four. Well, when the fudge are they going to wear it? In the second round. In the second round? Yeah. They're not wearing it in the first round. They're wearing it in the second round. Well, I'll ask the obvious. What happens if they get knocked off in the first round, like people are saying? Well, they don't wear it then. Well, I, 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 what am I missing here? The, the, the shirt was designed in 2017, so I'm sure the shirt is set, right? I mean... We've known from, you know, January on that the Lakers were going to be part of the NBA playoffs come hook or crook, whether they lost eight games in this resumption season or not. And, you know, they clinched the number one seed one game in. Why? I, I, again, these little things bother me. Why are they waiting for the second round when really the second round is when the casual fan kind of breaks away and says, okay, the Lakers are getting to the finals. We know that. It's going to be Lakers and Clippers, Western Conference Finals, you know, Bucks, uh, Raptors, or Celtics maybe and in the second round, third round of the Eastern Conference Finals. You, know, you do it in the first round, right? I mean, I, it can't be, like I said, that the jersey's not ready. I mean, this has been designed for three years now. I mean, did all of a sudden it just dawned on them? Oh, by the way, did you realize Kobe died and the Lakers are in the playoffs? Really? Oh, maybe we should do something then. You know, and we got nobody in the stands. We're begging for watchers. We were trying to make this as realistic and honorable as possible, this playoff. And they've done a pretty good job, the NBA, NHL as well. I've, I've applauded those two and MLB. I think all three leagues have done a very good job, you know, making these broadcasts as, as you know, normal as possible. I, I, don't, I don't get that. Why, why, why would you wait for the second round? Why wouldn't you do it the first round? Why risk something crazy happening in the first round? Could you imagine that them going through all this rigmarole and, you know, promoting the fact that they're going to wear this uh, jersey and help the cause and just, you know, pay homage to, to one of the all-time greats of the game, and then you get knocked out in the first round? I, I mean, well, then you go, what, are you going to wait till next year? What if there is no next year the way we're going? I mean, it, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, really, I, I, I don't get it, but that's me. 844-843-6879. To the phones we go on this Monday, 45 past the hour. Johnny in Manhattan. John, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats. How are you, my friend? 
Scott, good morning. How are you? Good, good. A little feisty today. I got to, you know, I, 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 I tell you, John, one thing I, I not, we've been doing this for about two months now, but I, I need to comprehend that it's not a four-hour show like it used to be. It's, it's only a two-hour show. So I do need to kind of like zip through these things. But I get on these tangents like this Laker thing. You know, that, that bothers me. Why are they waiting to the second round when there's so much to get to? But these are the little minutiae things that, uh, you know, hopefully people appreciate as much as I do. But very well, John. How are you? By the way, the kibasi, uh was excellent. The first time I had the uh, Omaha State kibasi. I'm a big kibasi guy. And it was not too spicy, not too bland. Uh, so if, if you're into kibasi, I don't know if you've ever had that or not. But uh, John was uh, gracious enough to uh, send me some things uh, this past week. And uh, it was very good. Very good. Well, we we heard that Rachel likes the Italian, uh, the Polish sausage, Scott. So uh, you're welcome. Yeah, you very time. nice. Touche, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yes. Yeah. Not lately, though. I'll tell you that. You, when well, I get you my... mentioned that the Lakers were going to make the, you mentioned the Lakers are going to make the playoffs by hook or by crook. I couldn't help thinking when you said the word hook about Lou Williams, who got uh, kicked out of the the league or suspended because he snuck out uh, with a little lady of the night, if you will, you know, yeah. <laughs> Lou Williams. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, I was also uh, thinking, I was laughing because you said that the Canadians um, coach left for minor heart surgery, which is, of course, reminds you of that funny expression, it's minor surgery when it happens to the other guy, Scott. Yeah, yeah. I, I say that only because, listen, you're right. It, it's heart surgery. So how, how can it be, you know, minor? But my dad had that uh, a couple of times. He had stents put in. Of course, he's now dead, so maybe I shouldn't say it's minor. But it, it's it's not necessarily an in and out procedure, but it's pretty close. I think, uh, you know, when my father had it about a year or so ago, um, he was maybe in there for a day, may, maybe two. Really, but it was in and out. You know, you got to be careful and stuff. And I wouldn't expect the guy to be back behind the bench coaching again, but it's not like. He had a heart attack, and they had to resuscitate him, and then all that other stuff. I mean, stents are, are pretty common these days. So, but still, it's 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 a crazy story. The poor guy's getting ready for a playoff game, and he you know he collapses and has to be rushed to the hospital. Um, you know, in a nearby town, not even the same town, which is kind of crazy. They didn't drive him to Toronto because they were in Edmonton, so or, or Edmonton to Toronto, whatever the case may be, or Montreal, whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, a minor heart surgery. Yeah, man, I'm gonna have minor brain surgery later today. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're going to get your second lobotomy, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Great move. Reminds, you, you know, whenever you say lobotomy, you got to think of what flew over the cougar's nest, right? I mean, you, you can't say, if you're as old as we are, you can't say lobotomy without thinking what flew over the cougar's nest with Jack Nicholson. Great movie. Right, or I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. <laughs> yeah, I never heard of that one. Okay, there you go. There you go. That's pretty good. But it was cool to see the Canadian players rally behind their coach because they went out and didn't they win four zip after uh, the yeah. coach left the team for the surgery? Yeah. That's kind of cool. I, I like little little stories like that, even if it's not my my team to see them like you know win one for the Gipper, as it were. Yeah, and Kirk um, Muller, real Scott, good guy you, too. Uh, Scott, you didn't mention uh, your Red Sox. You know, the New York Post made a good point. They said that there there used to be a rivalry between the Yankees and the Red Sox. And, you know, we we tried to give you a chance last night. We didn't play LeMahieu, we didn't play Aaron Judge, and we didn't play Stanton. And uh, we still went down and uh, got you guys for the ninth time in a row. Uh, we want to hear you uh, speak about your Red Sox losing to our Yankees once again. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, John. Yeah, listen, I, I had that on my list of things to get to at the top there. It's It's – 
They've won nine straight against Boston, uh, 14 of 15 at Yankee, or excuse me, 10, well, nine straight overall, 10 straight at Stanky Stadium, 14 of 15 at Stanky Stadium. And this is with good Red Sox teams. Uh, they're 4 and 21 at Stanky Stadium since 19, uh, 2017. Last three plus years, 4 and 21. I told you, I, I, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Best stat that I could come up with also is uh, Red Sox are 1-13 and 13 now in games not pitched by either Nathan Evaldi or Marty Perez. 1-13. and 13. They're awful. They're, 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 this is going to go down as one of the worst teams in Red Sox history, albeit a shortened season. I, I would keep playing them. Now, the boys in Vegas have adjusted the lines a little bit on these games, especially in this uh, Red Sox stanky series. But even, you know, even last night, they were only minus 170. With Hap on the hill, who I know has not pitched well, but he's a notorious Red Sox killer. So it does not matter, you know, who they're playing, where they're playing, when they're playing, or why they're playing. It's not a good team. Bet against them with Avaldi or Perez on the hill. Now that said, last night I, I told a couple of guys, listen, you know what? Uh, Jay Hap has been pitching lousy. I know he's got this history against the Red Sox, but. And I know the, the Stanky injuries with all those players out, but it's still the Stanks, and their backups are as, just as good uh, as any starter on that team. So, you know what? Don't worry about that. So the over-under last night, with some stiff no one's ever heard of on the Hill, was was five and a half. A six runs for a Yankee team at home, nationally televised game. You know, there's only been five games this year out of the 22, uh, 21 that were played before last night that the Red Sox did not give up at least six runs. Only five. And a couple of those were, were five runs. So it's even less than, if you want to go less than five, but you needed six, so to be fair. I mean, they, they give up six runs like it's out of style. So last night, it's 4 nothing in the bottom of the third. 4 nothing with the Yanks against a pitching staff that is just brutal. And that was with the starter in. And the bullpen is generally worse than the starters. So, I mean, you're looking easily, easily at two runs more right the rest of the way. I mean, at the Yankees, it's at home. Uh, the Red Sox with the worst baseball ERA, 6.10. I mean, we got seven innings still to play, or at least six, you know, if you want to include the third. I mean, there's just no way in the world the Yankees are not getting at least two more runs. I mean, you got to be kidding me. 4-2 final. 4-2 final, and the game goes under. I knew that had sucker written all over. Just every once in a while, a line will jump out at you. When you check it and you think, okay, because I thought about the, the the that angle, you know, maybe the Red Sox score seven, eight runs. Maybe they win seven to six, eight to seven. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Hap hasn't pitched well. Let me at least forget about laying the buck 70. Let me just go with the over on the Yankee total. I'm thinking it's going to be around six and a half, right? Because the over-under was 10, and they were a decent-sized favorite. So I figured it would be at least six, and I'd probably need seven runs. So I said, let me check. And then it was five and a half. And it was only minus 105 on FanDuel, meaning you didn't even have to lay the full VIG. And I'm like, five and a half? Wow, and I could get this basically at even money? I only need six runs? Give me that. Forget about laying the buck 70. There's just no way in the world they're not getting six runs. And again, four nothing, bottom of the third, and they don't score again. Unfrequently, then you lose the play. That's why it's just don't. I tell people don't make it harder than it has to be. Don't overthink this stuff. Just forget about the total. Just, just keep playing against Boston. You want to lay a run and a half, you can, but you should have just kept on playing the uh, against the Red Sox. They're, they're bad. They are, John. It's an embarrassment. They really, I just thank goodness the season's only sixty games. I, I, I wouldn't even profess to say that they're a good team. Can't do it. All right, Bengals are bad beats. Close up hour number one next. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Eight coming up on 58 minutes past the hour. We'll uh, head back to the phones. If you guys, I know there are a couple of guys that were on, didn't get a chance to get to you, but definitely, definitely we'll take phone calls uh, next hour. So if you're on before, feel free to hop on board again. Send out a Twitter question of the day. And you listen, nothing fancy here, but it is what it is. NBA playoffs do start this afternoon. 1.30 Eastern time start, by the way. So early, first of our four games. Who's going to win the NBA championship? Uh, I know it's not unique, but they did throw a little bit of a wrinkle in there, which is why uh, we always like to do things a little differently here on Bagels and Bad Beats. Lakers uh, getting 9% of the vote so far. Clippers getting uh, almost 16% of the vote. Other getting 13.5% of the vote. And then, uh, interestingly enough, I could care less getting 61% of the vote. So I, I just put it up a little while ago. So it's early on. I got about 50 votes. Nothing crazy. We just, just did it. Um, sent it out. So uh, feel free to hit the Twitter at Opposite Picks and get your vote in. But I find it interesting that over 50% early on, uh, again, early on, are saying that they care less. Um, you know, very interesting. So that said, I'll run down the NBA championship odds, which were updated heading into today. And the Lakers and Clippers are now co-favorites at plus 215. Bucks are plus 240. So the Bucks, even though they theoretically have an easier road to the finals, is actually now a bigger underdog than the Clippers and Lakers. So a little bit, a little bit extra value on the Bucks. And then it, you know, pretty much takes a little a bit of a jump from there. Toronto is next in line at plus 775. Uh, Celtics are plus 1150 to one. Rockets are plus 11 to one, which no uh, Westbrook uh, for at least the first game in their series against OKC. And uh, Utah is all the way up to 75 to one, thanks to the Mike Conley situation. 76ers, 55 to one. Miami, 25 to one. More coming up, 844-843-6879. Family stories and more next hour right here on Bagels and Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 